Bartleby is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is the Spawn On Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. I hope you're all doing well. I hope everybody is doing really, really well. It is a fantastic Wednesday here in Chicago. We have lots of good things happening. We're on the front page of Twitch. We have a fantastic guest. I'm excited. My ball spot is gleaming and shining, but you can't see it because it's underneath this hat and it's beautiful lights in here and it's showing off my shirt from Ali Ali World, which is fantastic, which I got a chance to play, which we'll be talking about later sometime during the week. But if you missed our show, thank you so much, Arctic. I love you, fam. Uh, if you missed our show last week, uh, you missed the Black Hokage who was doing his thing on the show. He's fantastic. He's brilliant as always. A lot of fun talking to him. Of course, this was E3 week, so there were a lot of episodes uh, up on the feeds. Please go check those out. Uh, it was a lot of work that we did with our fam over at Fanbyte, uh, getting a chance to hang out with them and do a lot of cool shows with them. Talk about all the things that happened during E3 and Summer Games Fest week. So please go check out all of those. Uh, we had a blast doing those shows. And it's going to be some more content, especially with Xbox's uh, follow-up podcast, not podcast, follow-up um, show that's happening tomorrow that is hosted by somebody named Paris Lilly. Never heard of that guy before. Uh, supposedly, he has beef with somebody named Khalif about cooking and all that other cool stuff. Uh, but I'm excited for him. And we're going to talk a little bit about that after the break later on in the show. I'm hyped. It is time to bring on somebody who I love on the show. One of my favorite folks in and on the planet. Please welcome to Bracago, Tim Schaefer from Double Fine. Very excited to have him on rocking with us. What's good, Tim? How you doing? How's everything? I'm doing great. After that intro, I feel fantastic. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You are absolutely loved. I am I am happy to see you. Um, it's been too long. Uh, yeah. you know, it winds up being that because of, you know, a global pandemic, we don't get a chance to hang yeah. out. I think the last time we were in some sort of like a fishbowl at E3, <laughs> sitting on <laughs> sitting on little red stools, you know? Literally was probably what, two, is that two years ago now at this point? Yeah, probably yeah, two least. years ago. Wow, time has flown by so quick. Yeah, we were at E3 uh, hanging out. We were lucky enough to be a show that could uh, broadcast from the floor and you were kind enough to come by. Uh, it was myself and Dylan Yovento uh, getting a chance to hang out with you and, and, and chill. Um, Always a great time. Always a great time. Yeah. How are you doing? How's everything going? How's everything good with great. you? Great. I had like lunch outside today with people. Yeah. Like human, human beings, you know, it's just like the light at the end of the tunnel in a lot of ways. Like there's a pandemic coming to something. I, I don't want to jinx it by calling it the end, but like yeah. something's coming back and then our game shipping, you know, Psychonauts 2. The pandemic was a long time, but Psychonauts 2 has been even longer. So, yeah. <laughs> like us being the team is super excited about like, wow, we're actually going to ship this game. Yeah. In a long time. Yeah. Um, it is definitely been a long time. Um, again, extremely happy to see you uh, and have you on this show. So thank you for taking the time out to come hang out with us here. Um, you know, we are in the end of the E3 week for the most part. There's going to be one more piece of, you know, big content coming from Microsoft tomorrow. 
uh, 10 a.m. If you're listening to the show live here on Twitch, uh, over on their Twitch channel hosted by Parasilly. Um, and I know that Double Fine is going to have some stuff in the show too that you can't talk about yet because it's not happened yet because we're in the we're in the previous times before that other thing is in the future. Um, but how has your E3 been? How did you <laughs> did you have a wild E3 this year? Was it a lot busier because of things kind of getting back in the swing of things and, and you all having a game that you're putting out very soon? Uh, it's pretty mellow compared to you know running around uh, down by the Staples Center and uh, <laughs> all the craziness of that. You know, doing a lot of stuff from your house, but um, exciting to be part of that big uh, Xbox show, having Psychonauts yeah. two in there. That was pretty, pretty great show, and it was fun to be a part of it. You're always nervous because a game like Psychonauts, you're like, how is it gonna? You know, how are we gonna be up next to these huge, huge, huge games? But what's nice about like a game like Psychonauts is it still looks unique, you know, it still stands out, it still has its, it carves out its own place, you know. Yeah, I, I think the thing that I that I always come back to when it comes to Psychonauts is the you know the legacy that it has is in terms of how it is beloved by so many folks in the industry, um, and you know, and fans of games and, and, and players while also kind of putting this newer game in the space that's going to kind of, you know, bring that energy back um, to, to, to all of those spaces. How is it, how exciting is it to kind of reinvigor that energy into the game space with a game that is really beloved by so many people? Uh, it's, um, you know, you always think of like, there's a big audience and there's a small audience, like my, my nephew Griffin, who was like, really young when you played the first game he's like you should make a sequel you should make a sequel for a year every thanksgiving you should make a sequel to that game <laughs> and now he's like in his 20s and i'm like hey i made a sequel to that game but luckily he's, he still cares so but i think you always think of like just one what mattered to just one fan you know and like he's gonna remember the characters and all this stuff and it's gotta be it's gotta be right for just that one you know with that one person so hopefully my nephew likes it so you know he seems pretty psyched so I'm excited, but it's it's also fun because we we put a lot of work into making the worlds feel real. Yeah. Like any big game, like, like let's make all the characters have these deep backstories, make all the lore you know really rich, and so until the characters feel real to you, and then um, you put it on the shelf for a long time, and then you bring it back out, and you're like those characters are still alive, like they've been trapped in your head the whole time. Going finally, you're back, so like let us let us speak. Yeah, I I wonder how that feels too because that is the thing where. You know, you have been working on this for a really long time. There has been that want for so many people in the world to see it happen again and, and, and come back in this way. Um, you know, the uh, you know, plus the the acquisition of, of, of Double Fine by Microsoft a couple of years ago. Do you feel like there's more pressure to put out a, a, a banger on this end of it? Or do you feel like you, you know, are are in a good spot where you're just like, we know exactly what we want to put out in the world. We know where this game is going to kind of land in terms of, terms of our enjoyment of making it and, and, you know, having that audience kind of come back. Are you, are you still feeling that kind of launch pressure that, that most, most folks do devs kind of feel when they're putting a new thing out? I, I really don't think there's any pressure anyone can put on us. That's more than we put on ourselves. Like, yeah. I think we just really want the game to be super good and, uh, we you, you care so much about it being a good game. I think that's that's always the same, you know. Yeah. Even if it was just for one person, or if it was being, I mean, it's it can be nerve wracking to stand on this, one of those big stages with all the lights and stuff. That could be, but it, there would be nothing that would make us feel like okay, the stakes are really low, so the game game doesn't. It always has to be. It always has to be a great game. Yeah, for sure. How is how is Double Fine kind of 
you know, changed and maneuvered through, you know, everything that's been happening over the past year? Do you feel like you've kind of learned a bunch about, you know, the, the, the process of making games or, or, you know, how to kind of run a team in a different way because of all these extenuating circumstances? It's hard to learn permanent lessons because, you know, it's all going to be different next time because, you know, the pandemic <laughs> yeah. hopefully will be over completely and you'll be back in the studio. Yeah. I mean, there'll be these differences where people re realized how much they like not commuting to work, you know, yeah. like, oh, that was, that was nice not getting on the bus and train every day. Um, some things will probably be different, but, um, uh, you know, it was really just the team was so committed to the game and committed to each other. That's what's really nice is to figure out how committed everyone is to being together and like coming out, even though it feels dumb to go to like a company party on a zoom call you know yeah. you've got these little brady giant brady bunch family parties you know and like everyone knows it's not the same but everyone's trying really hard and i think that commitment to each other is what makes a team like the team of double fine feel really special yeah i mean i I've, I've always loved to to see you know you kind of be that person who is the not only you know founder and, and figurehead for the for the company but also have you know, found good ways to continue to, you know, put folks who are on the team out front to talk about the games you all make and give them a good space to kind of talk about that. Has that stuff changed a lot because of the fact that the pandemic was so long and, you know, everybody's in these different places. So it makes it a little bit easier to kind of delegate, you know, some of those parts of, you know, what, what it takes to put out a game. Uh, maybe that's part of it. And also we, um, we got a new community, community manager with Heather, who's been really great about digging down into the team to find other voices to talk, um, and represent. Cause there's so much, you know, talent on the team, so many different perspectives. It's great to have, you know, um, people come forward and part of that's this in some ways, like lifelong mission for me or not lifelong, but you know, it's something I care about a lot is letting people see who may pulling back the curtain letting people see who makes games and how they do it. Because when two player productions said, can we make a documentary about making games? I was like, great, this is great. This is what I've always wanted to show. Cause when I was a kid, I love video games, but it never could occur to me that I could make them. Yeah. I thought they were made by geniuses and robots and not people like me, scientists, you know, but like, um, uh, you know, I, I, then I, when I, I kind of lucked into this job and like, Oh, it's just, it is people like me it's like yeah. people who love video games and it's not some special special brand and the people watching these documentaries will hopefully see uh hopefully they don't think we're dumb but at least they don't they don't they realize like they're like well they're not that much they're not i think that guy's definitely not smarter than me i can make a game you know <laughs> i mean the thing that i always go back to is like knowing how difficult it is to make games at this point um and knowing just how many parts are in the secret sauce to making a thing happen in that way um i i doubt anyone who's paying any real attention will say like oh i can do that right on, right off the bat because it's hard <laughs> to make a game and i still think that people don't know just how difficult it is to actually like get that thing across the finish line like how long has the game been in development at this point like four and a half years five yeah. long time yeah we launched that kickstarter at uh it's just um yeah, that's the other side of the documentary. We want to show how easy, not easy, like anyone can make a game, but yeah. also it's really hard. And it's it not, it's hard because you care and it's a labor of love. And uh, you see how much of, uh, of themselves the team puts into the game, you know, and, and how many, you look at it, you know, like just looking at these scenes going by and you can see all the different skills being on, on display. You know, there's the art, there's the modeling and there's the, 
the, the visuals, the programming, all the all the things going on in engineering and the music and the singing and the acting and the writing and all these you know, like like people say about opera, like opera brings together all these different uh, disciplines and video games brings almost every art, art form I can think of, except for maybe perfume making maybe someday we'll figure that out like like there's so many every everything about your senses that could be you know stimulated is going on in video games right so that's what's exciting about them that's what makes the team so uh colorful i mean we we they tried smell-o-vision uh once yeah yeah it comes back every once in a while i I was in that booth uh i forgot it was a beavis and beavis and but no it was a south park game is that the first thing you want to smell? Is the, of all the games that you want to, well, if you can name the first game you want to get a good whiff of, would it be, uh, would it be Bloodhead or South Park? No. I don't know what that would even smell like. It's like young kids who don't put on deodorant. Like, what does it smell like in a real way? Like, I mean, the thing, smell of vision, just the thing to remember is be careful what you wish. That's all. For real. Like, I think that is a thing that I think a lot of folks in the world are like, man, I want every sense to kind of come through in, in every possible way. And then you wind up, you know, smelling puberty and you're just like, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't Turns necessarily want that. Zombies are more fun to shoot than smell. <laughs> Back of the box quote uh, for the next zombie game that you all make in that way. Our zombies are as fun to smell as they are to shoot. They smell like potpourri. It's amazing. Um, You know, talking about, you know, the the differences and how hard it's become to, you know, games have gotten more uh, progressively, you know, uh, challenging to make. Uh, Technology is pushing forward in in, in lots of different ways, you know, we're seeing every day. with that being said, is with the technological jump that we're seeing now, is that also making games more difficult to make? Or is that giving you kind of more options now to go wild with every idea that you have that you, you know, before you were kind of limited to be able to kind of do. And now you might be able to kind of like expand on things that you never worried before. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely more complicated and it mostly just requires more people. You know, because you, mm-hmm. you, which has its ups and downs. Like, yes, it's more complicated, more expensive, more to coordinate. But they bring these expertise and like they go really deep. There's people who know things about how this game was made that I have no idea how we made those shaders. Or it's like this, this, you know, there's a lot of experts that know these really deep uh, wells of knowledge on the game, and that's exciting. You know, it's fun to bring that that together. Um, but I remember back before games were 3D and, you know, we could change. We didn't, before we localized things, like all these really, the games, like Monkey Island, Secret Monkey Island, first yeah. thing I ever worked on, nine months. Like it took nine months to make huh. that game. And we changed dialogue the day before we shipped. And it was just, <laughs> so, it's a simpler time. And we like, I, we never, I, there was never a storyboard or a plan for anything except for whatever was in Ron Gilbert's head. And, and he just told the artist what to draw every day. And then there's new art and we wired it up. Anyway, it was simpler. And there was a lot of fun to that. But, um, you know, I, I think we want to do, we keep wanting to do games that, you know, that look like this, that, that really um, are exciting to, to, to look at and, and all uh, hear and all that stuff. And, um, you can do it. You just have to, you know, work with really great people and, and stay organized. Yeah. I, I, I kind of love the fact that, you know, in this space, there's, I, I haven't run into like braggadocious devs anymore. Like I, that's not a thing that I, there was a moment in time where that was a thing where it was like, yo, I'm going to roll through with my Lamborghini. We're going to roll up and be, and be like, yo, I'm making the best game on the planet. Um, 
but it feels like everyone is kind of humbled been humbled or humbled themselves in a way that feels really refreshing in that way across that kind of landscape of, of the development world and, and, and making games to put those things out in the world. Do you That's feel a like... really interesting observation. I had not really noticed that the death of the braggadocious death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, there was a moment where it felt like that was a thing, or at least those yeah. folks, the space is no longer giving them room to do that thing because of like social media, right? Like you're, you're not going to yeah. get smacked down a little bit faster now than you would back it, in the day. Yeah. Unfortunately we have a record of all the braggadociousness and they don't, they don't, they don't, uh, it doesn't play as well on Twitter, you know, no. those kind of things. But uh, I, I think it's, it's an interesting combo because in the world, on the one hand, like AAA games, it's just, you, there's no way one person can take credit for a game anymore. You can't be like, yeah, I totally yeah. kicked ass with that game. Like, no, you got a lot of help. They can, no matter what your position, no matter what you, your contribution was, there's a lot of people who helped make that game. And um, the people, there are some people who do make games all by themselves in, in the indie world, but they don't tend to be super braggadocious either. They know they're, you know, they're just like trying to see their vision through. They're not like, um, yeah, we totally crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, we, we I just dropped everything. this new game. Suck it, everybody. Like, you don't, right? you don't see that. And for the better, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think I think it's one of those things, too, where it's just like that energy for a space where, you know, I, I let me let me back up a step. One of the things I love about the space and I love about the industry and especially like during E3 week has been so many folks who are putting out either, you know, big games, small games, you know, games that, that, that maybe even be competitive against each other are all really nice to each other in terms of the like, hey, I'm excited that your thing is about to come out. I'm hyped for you and your team. I'm excited to see, you know, the thing that you're going to put out in the world. Is it, how how has that part of it been for you having been in the space for so long to kind of see that that kind of family of the industry is continuing to grow in that way from both the kind of triple double and in, in, in the indie space too. Yeah. I mean, I think I think everyone realizes how lucky we are to have these jobs. I mean, how many people get to uh, make up stuff and get paid for it. That's very, you know, very pr privileged, lucky position to be in. And then how, we all know how hard it is. So when you see another developer, you feel like giving them a hug, like, oh man, yeah. you're shipping this game. Oh man, you know, you, you just feel their pain. But I, I also, um, yeah, it's never felt like, uh, uh, to use an overused term, a zero sum game. It's never felt like, oh, there's only, there's only like five video game dollars everyone has to spend. And, and, you know, so if your game's taking from my game, no one ever seems to feel like your game's taking from my game, except for back when uh, there was like one, like uh, when your game came out the same day as on the Xbox Live Arcade as someone else's. <laughs> I mean, that was like, <laughs> it was like Costume Quest and uh, Super Meat Boy came out the same day and they were like, you sons of, and they were like, you, we we're going to get you. But then it turned out to be <laughs> You, know, like you rarely, rarely do you feel like uh, you feel like anyone else's game is taking away anything from you, unless they literally stole something from your game. But yeah, yeah, yeah. How dare that's, you take my textures? Doing. Damn it! How dare you take my my idea? Um, Psychonauts Two is going to be one the best game on the planet because it comes out the day after my birthday, which is fantastic. Here, I mean, we try to get it done. We try. I'll talk to the team. We'll try and pull it in one day for your I, birthday. No, we're not. <laughs> no, please don't. I, I want, <laughs> don't even do it. I mean, I, I it'll be bugs, even better. Any bugs that get reported, we were like, oh, we had to pull it in for a birthday. I won't name it. <laughs> that, that's we were gonna fix that bug on the on the next day, but we, you know, birthdays are important. 
I feel like somebody would beat my ass if if that happened. It both like certainly somebody in the in the audience would be like, "Damn it, Khalif, why are you delaying this? Game? Why are you pulling this game up and, and and giving them some problems and giving them trouble?" Um, I, I'm I'm super excited to jump back into the world for the folks who this will be their first Psychonauts game. What's the what's the kind of foundation of of the game for folks who aren't really familiar with the series so far? Yeah, uh, it's um, it's all about that kid you can see on the screen, Raz, and the the ba- the 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 premise of the game is that he is a psychic and he can actually project his set himself into other people's minds. So the levels in the game are all people's uh, inner minds that are made real, like their dream worlds. You get to see their nightmares and their fears. All you know, monsters are are their phobias, you know, inside their minds. And you get to go in and kind of help them fight their inner demons in a, in a real way. And um, he's also an acrobat, so it's a platformer. Yeah. You get an action adventure platformer with lots of characters. There's a lot of narrative um, backstories. You know, my background is an adventure game. So there's like some puzzle moments, you know, and um, and it's a lot of humor. I think, you know, that's always been a signature thing for uh, this game and the company. So we like to sting some jokes in there. Yeah. In there. I, I mean, I love the fact that you all continue to put cheeky humor in, in, in all of your games. It is one of the things that makes me love Double Fine in the most ways is that you all have decided that this is what we're going to do with the works that we put out in the world is have fun and, and make, try to make people laugh. How important is it? What was that? I just, I don't understand how all games aren't comedies because games are so ridiculous in a way. Like you can, you can run up and you can stand on another character's head. Like you can just go up and like, how do you take that? How do you take that so seriously? I, I mean, you know, some people are very, very serious about wanting to make yeah, games in a way that are, you know, you, when you have that <laughs> zombie smellow vision, you want it to be the, the most smelly exactly. yeah, you, zombie smellows. Stop making jokes. I'm busy smelling the zombie. Um, <laughs> I'm busy smelling the zombie. Yo, back up off me. <laughs> that, could, that could that could also be a back of the box quote. Um, but the truth for everything. I think that's that's a general premise. I really believe in that. I really yeah. fight for in the industry is that there's no one right answer to games. Games shouldn't all be funny or shouldn't all be serious. There's room for everything. Yeah. What's the what's the thing that you're you know, when someone's kind of coming to the game for the first time that they really pull away from Psychonauts 2. Of course, the art is gorgeous and beautiful. Uh, the story is going to be is going to be fun and fantastical. But what's the thing that you're kind of hoping people will, you know, attach to the, the game or, or latch on to when they get a chance to play it for the first time? Gosh, I really I really hope they laugh and have a fun time playing it. And it's a uh... I think the things that that it, I also think I hope they're surprised. Like I think that's mm-hmm. the main goal for any kind of entertainment, whether it's like horror or comedy, is like just have people not expect what's happening next, you know. And that especially with the second odds game is like you better not be able to predict the next level or we have failed completely. So just being surprised and laughing that's 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 what I mostly want. And you know, there's 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 other things going on, other levels where we're dealing with like in some ways issues of mental illness and things that are hopefully just it's all about. Um, kind of healing and empathy, I think, at the end of the day. But I yeah. think uh but mostly minute to minute you're just you're you're laughing and being surprised and, and jumping onto uh tight ropes and having fun. Yeah. How has it been kind of moving into this new next gen world of of technology that are super, super fun to play around with, kind of build on some of the previous ideas or were there ideas that were in the in the first game that you just couldn't do? that now potentially might've gotten into the second game that you're like, Oh man, we just couldn't do that thing before. And now with next gen hardware, we could. 
I mean, I mean, we're trying to present this really psychedelic world, which is all about the specific levels that are about triggering all senses, you know, and, yeah. and I feel like the fidelity with which we've been able to do that is, you know, the tools available to the, um, you know, the effects artists and stuff that weren't there before allows us to do completely new visuals than we did the, on the first game. And, you know, the first game, we were still learning so much because we were, you know, at the very beginning, we were PC developers. Yeah. You know, a lot of us had come from Grim Fandango, the last game we made. And um, uh, and, and so, we, you know, learning how, you know, the, the Xbox, starting back then, they were just introducing things like pixel shaders and things like that. Yeah. Like, what? How do we, what can we do with all this stuff? And so um, I feel like we're much more on top of our game now as far as the, the tech side of things. You know? Yeah, yeah. One of the things that oh before before I move on to the other thing we're gonna have Lizette on the show next week oh, awesome uh, to yeah, come by and art. talk about talk about all the art and everything that's in there. Art director second on too. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Been been a fan of hers for for a very long time. Um, you know, when you're building out your team for a thing like this, I was super excited to see her get pulled over into Double Fine's family, um, and 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 into the crew. When you're looking for folks, because I've already had a couple of folks in the chat say, hey, hey, Tim, I've been learning to code. Hire me. Uh, <laughs> All right. Done. Easy. Easy. Just type. No. Yeah. Five finger. <laughs> you already got a job. Good job. Um, wh what are you looking for when, you know, you've been building out teams for a long time on various different games and trying to figure out good ways to find people who mesh well together around a project and things like that. When you're looking for people who are like embody what Double Fine is as a company, what are what are some of the things you're looking for uh, for folks who are coming into the fold? Well, it's a, it's like a, it's not an easy answer. I think we have a lot of people on the team who interview someone, and they're all looking at different levels. There's like yeah. if it's a tech interview, they're looking for very you know high skills and knowledge and, and uh, experience and things like that. Um, uh, there's also like a certain personality that we. Um, we like it double fine like it's one of the things that's great about starting your own company is you don't have to hire any jerks that's yeah. one thing that's a tip right and so you like you know you we, i worked for 10 years and everyone was great at lucas arts you know they were like well not everybody i mean they were like most people were great right and you're like i am never gonna hire someone you know like you can um <laughs> you really can be careful about uh well, I, like you know, certain cultural things, like I want to have a culture of mutual respect, I think, because you can, I, I've been, you know, people have experienced different uh, developers, big developers, I'm talking about big like publisher developers, where there's, yeah. there's politics, there's, there's us versus them, you know, we had wars between programmers and artists, you know, in the old days and stuff. And I want to have a team where everyone feels lucky to be working with each other. And, you know, really grateful. The programmers are grateful to have artists of the caliber that the artists are grateful to have be working with the sound people. And that's happened. To everyone feels like they work um, more than they work for me, like they all work for each other because they, they really respect the people they work with. And that's the kind of thing you have to do at the interview level. I think you have to kind of feel that out. I don't know exactly how to do it, but you like certain kind of personality that, that, um, that the way they, you know, you can kind of tell how they tr treat people by how they talk about people in their current job or their last job. And, and so, um, so that, 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 that way, that, that kind of cultural thing is important. And then, um, they also have to be uh, super creative, obviously, like super, you know, excited by the, the idea of making something, you know, creating, making something up and surprising people with it. And, you know, I got really spoiled um, in a lot of ways working at LucasArts because it attracted um, 
some of the best people in the world because of Star Wars. Like, mm. there's a Star Wars company, right? And like people who knew about Star Wars, they came from across country. Like, I'm going to work at Skywalker Ranch. I want to work, you know, I want to work at George <laughs> Lucas. Like, it was a huge aspirational thing for a lot of people. And they get there and they're told, oh, by the way, you can't work on Star Wars games because we don't make Star Wars games. Like, that was a, so uh, I guess we'll make up this pirate game then, you know, like, like, like it, all that energy, all these, yeah. these bright minds were like forced to make up stuff. And so, um, anyway, and it leads to this kind of, um, this team that you almost don't have to manage because everyone's such an insane perfectionist. They're just like, I want to make the best art I can make. I want to, and so they're all just, you know, you don't have to tell someone something has to be great. They just like, yeah, it has to be great. We're making a thing. It's got to be awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna you make it great. So um, there's that kind of personality too, which yeah. you kind of kind of look for the people who just like, you know, you make a thing not because it's your job, but because making something is a privilege. And if you if you get that opportunity to make something, it should be really great. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get that vibe from everyone who I've met from the team over the years too. That's like, it is that feeling of everyone pulling for each other and pulling for the project and pulling for the idea of what Double Fine is, because it, it feels like, you know, Double Fine feels like, and that's proxy of you and other people as well. That like, it's a beloved company in a lot of different ways, where people have really good vibes towards it and the products that it makes and the games that it makes and and all of that stuff. Um, and, and I think a lot of that comes from 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 you too, is being one of the people in this industry who is 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 fairly beloved by so many folks within the industry and and by the the audience that sells because of you always being extremely nice to people and being fun <laughs> to talk to and being really welcoming for, for for people to kind of just like say, hey, I really enjoy your stuff. So, you know, I I, I think that's a, a big reflection of the work that you have all done as as game developers and you as a person too to to to, to put that good energy out in the world, which has been fantastic and why you're one of my favorite people to to interview. That's, awesome. and have that's so nice. That's so awesome. You just, I, I keep it all from you, the dark side. You don't know the secrets, <laughs> the enemies list, but uh, <laughs> no, so we. It, it, you know, it's a kind of self-fulfilling thing. Like you, you, you hire certain people who, who also you can tell believe in that stuff and it, and it mm. creates a, a living kind of force that wants to be that way, you know? And, and that's, and, uh, that's great. Cause then I get to work with all those people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And what that's why, cause I really, the, oh, sorry. No, keep, no, keep going, please. Just the, the last thing I was going to say is that, um, keeping that group together has also been really important. Like we have some mm. people work there for, you know, 20 years, 15 years yeah. and, along with me. And um, because the games industry, one of the cruelest things about it is that it'll put people through like a, a, a crunch mode or the extreme, extreme work situation. The game's over and like, Hey, you know, let's, let's fire all those people and get rid of that whole team. You know, like it'll just, yeah. it makes sense to shut that down. And when you think about what it takes to make a game, and you'll have a team that doesn't get along at the beginning or they have some rough edges and they figure out how to watching human beings figure out how to work together and like, Hey, Oh, I understand communication problem. We've resolved it. And by the end of the team, the end of the project, they're all working together so well. And then they just get scattered to the, to the winds the, over and over again. I've seen that in the game industry. So it's just like making a team that wants to stay together is so valuable because they've just learned so much about working together. How hard is it but, these days to kind of keep a squad together in that way is because of, you know, not necessarily just churn uh, or or the kind of usual reasons why people kind of leave a company is like you're working working me too hard, or you know I'm finding a, another another opportunity. Is it really hard in, in in these days where there being so many different avenues for making games to kind of keep a team together in that way? I mean, it's been uh, it, it can be hard competing. Like you know, we we San Francisco is a different town when we when we started the company in 2000. Yeah. It was 
it wasn't that affordable, but it was still a little more affordable. <laughs> like, you know, so we, we make a company here and we've got to compete. Like we're in, our neighbors are pretty, you know, Google and Facebook, right? Yeah. It's like, so that's hard to keep a team together when you got companies like that next door going like, Hey, would you, wouldn't you like to slide down into a cafe for, I don't know. I don't know how to put their pitches. <laughs> it's, the pitch is usually just like, would you like to make eight times your salary? Okay. Um, uh, so that, that can be the biggest challenge, but I feel like, um, overall, you know, the loyalty you put into the team usually comes back. Like we, mm. we fight to keep the team together after, like even when we were an indie company and we had a certain amount of money to make a game. And then you have this, this kind of pit in your money, like, okay, the money's over next game hasn't come in yet. So like, it does make sense to fire everybody and keep stay lean until mm. you get your next contract. But we've always kept people on, which makes it a little bit more of a nail biter. But I feel like the team feels that, um, they know you're doing that. They know that you're committed to them keeping their job. So when you have tough times, that commitment, I think, comes back. And so when we lost all our money for the first Psychonauts game. And I was like, I don't know where the money's going to come from. We're going to try. Um, that's a pretty scary thing to hear. But everyone stayed on. Like Everyone stayed on board and finished that game. Um, and that's only because I think there's a mutual commitment that between you and the team, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I mean, that, that, that shows again, like the, the ethos of, of a spot being really good where people feel like the energy is <clears throat> one that they want to stay around with and, and, and hang out for and, and, and kind of be in that space, which is great. Um, one of the other things I love about the work that you all have done has that you've all kind of helped to foster and continue to put the indie space as, as a place that you really want to kind of focus some, some areas and do some good work with. Um, Day of the devs is a, is a thing that happens all the yeah. time um and i love <laughs> all the time now it happens it used to happen once a year now it's happening all the time <laughs> i mean all the, all the time in my head where i'm just like oh <laughs> that's happening again because again time has no 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 actual relevance anymore because i don't know where, where we're at and what year it is uh earlier today i was like yeah in 2023 i was like oh that's we're not even in two, 2022 yet anyway i try to remember if you've been to the live show have you been in person to, to the day no yeah. i've never no 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 i've never been in the city yep. yeah um, and maybe next time yeah next time because it's happening all so, the time tim so yeah, it's, it's easy for me to go <laughs> yeah but, the end is a do you want me to say what it is yeah please let me say what it is it's a it's a um indie games festival we you know we uh started it uh because there's no fan facing show in san francisco and we're lazy and we didn't want to fly anywhere and so we're like <laughs> i mean we have you know gdc gdc comes but that's developer focused and then you have your e3 shows and and uh, but but we want to do something that was fan focused where also it was about meeting developers and where fans could stand right next to developers and talk to them about their games and it's free uh, and it's all ages and uh, it's like a, a music festival that we have musical guests and it's just a, a celebration of video games and the people who make them and the people who play them. And we've done it uh, every year in San Francisco. Um, and of course, in the last uh, year we couldn't. So we did it uh, digitally and it was part of, we do it with um, IM8Bit, uh, helps us put the show together and Jeff Keeley's summer fest, you know, his summer um, games fest. He, like. Yeah. Uh, lets us tag along and be part of that show. And so uh, we got to get to be uh, still focus on sharing these cool games with everybody. So it's been great that we've still been um, able to do that. But I would like to get back to doing it in person because there's it's no substitute for that, obviously. But it's it's great to be part of um, Jeff's show because it's part of like uh, 
like something I believe in strongly about games I mentioned before, which is there is no one answer to like what games should be or what games should be like. I mean, look at the uh, the variety of games you're seeing here, and but all the game, all the show, all the games in just show are great, and they all it's just the fact that games span such a you know you can have these massive massive games and you can have these little games, and you as a player know that they both appeal to you at different times or be, you know you're a different mood to play these different games, or maybe you'll only really want to play this one game. There's room for that. There's room for that too. There's just so many deep wells of game fandom you know like you were recent show you were talking about um was it league of legends yeah. right and it's like i've never played that game but it's yeah. so there's so people who are or if you've ever you know i had never played uh, dota 2 and you're like you're you see some of the people gathering to go to that the national the show you know and you're like oh my god these people dedicate their life to this game all yeah. their friends come from this game and and, and it's such a big thing but you know next door to it is some other game they don't know anything about that's also that deep you know there's yeah. some obscure jrpg you can't get in this country or something but some people you know, <laughs> have cosplay that you know it's like there's so many deep you know things but it all fits it all fits and 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 day of the devs i think is just one of those things that we want to show that like there's no one right answer to what the game is it could be any one of these things uh, how how hard is the curation process for for this at this point because it is really visible you have a lot of eyes on it especially being a part, being parts of things like E3, Summer Games Fest, and, and, and things like that, kind of moving forward, and knowing that it is also attached to to, to Double Fine in that way, are you just getting like uh-huh. a wild amount of submissions every year at this point that, that come in there, that you have to dig through? There was more this year than any other year. Like it's getting huh. it's getting bigger. And in the beginning, um, you know, I basically Greg Rice, you know, Greg Rice. Yeah, yeah I love Greg, uh, gentle giant of games. Yeah. He, uh, would look at all the submissions himself, you know, by himself, like just, <laughs> and he would ask for help. He'd be like, "Hey, hey, help me look through all these games." And all of us were, were busy making games, but he would get these submissions, and he would, um, uh, he would curate that and uh, found a lot of great gems in there. And uh, but it is, it is so big and is growing, and uh, so we've established a kind of a cabal of of curators from we, we, we try to be really platform independent so yeah. someone from each of the companies you know from all the big players and platform holders and so it's really a fair you know gathering of people um from you know playstation and xbox and pc and like uh, you know and and nintendo and like just people from all over looking at these games um and we get together and we like they, they make a huge uh spreadsheet of all the submissions and split it up yeah. and everyone looks at it and we all talk about it and uh uh with uh, our friends at IM8 Pit too, and um, and Spaff, and uh, and just and t- and a whole bunch of people look at him now, and uh, it, it 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 still is you know pushed a lot by by Greg, you know, and so um, and we're still doing it. So you know, you just you see the games this year, and they're they're incredible, and I think it's just it just shows how oh, look, and you see the developers there, they are. Yeah. So um, <laughs> and it's like a mellow pace. Like if you watch a show, it's like. Uh, it's a whole different kind of aesthetic about presentation too. It's yeah. kind of like, it's a little more chill and it's just like, this is our game. Here it is. And you get to see the quirky developers talking about them. And um, I love it. I love, I love when the first, the first trailer comes out <laughs> when all the games have been selected and there's just like one after another and your eyes can't believe all the crazy things you're seeing. Um, that's one of my favorite moments of the year. I mean, I love the fact that it is that super chill vibe and that it, it is, it feels like, you know, everyone kind of sitting around the fire pit kind of vibe, right? Like everybody coming in, chilling, mm-hmm. hanging out and showing off their games and talking about 
stuff like that it, it is it is also really cool to just see the breadth and depth of the kinds of games like like we're seeing like tome is mm-hmm. here you know this kind of photo photo game where you're taking pictures of stuff mm-hmm. and you're doing that kind of work and the game i'm super super excited about in phantom abyss with you know that being you know legends of the hidden temple on crack uh which which i'm super <laughs> excited for in in that way how has the indie space changed in your purview at this point seeing as as you've been in the game for 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 a bit Oh, and also I was going to say vocabulary. Oh, I want to get said that one right. The stop motion one. Yeah. Vo- oh. Cabulantis. Vocabulantis. Yes. That thing the looks thing they, nuts. I, I thought it was going to be one thing, but then when they showed the work they were doing into light, like it was like recording different lighting and doing live lighting on stop motion captured. It's just uh, it's it's just a look I love, and it's uh, yeah. really neat what they're doing. Um, and there's so many you keep naming games from that show, but um, uh, and it's uh, wait, what was the question? How's no, the, uh, the uh, space changed? Yes. <laughs> Um, it's just, it seems to be more inclusive and brings together a bunch of different types of people and people who I think five years ago wouldn't have thought of themselves as game developers, but there yeah. are these new tools and things that let different artistic visions, uh, creative visions be, you know, come forward, but people who don't know how to program and, you know, there's just, there's a lot of more opportunity, I think. And then there's, a, and there are a lot of tools that let people produce really small teams, produce really polished, um, looking things. So, um, I just I just love that you can still be surprised. You'll you'll have this idea of something. Oh, it has to look super polished then, and everything has to look really fancy as far as rendering goes. And then someone will come out with a black and white two D thing, and it's <laughs> the best thing in the show. And you're like, oh, I guess it's really more about the ideas, it's more about the inspiration than it is about any sort of rule about what it has to be. Yeah, and also that presentation being more chill, I think, is important to me because. Sometimes as you know, a creative person, you go to these big, a big A3 event and it's the production value is so high, but it can mm. be really daunt, daunting and intimidating as a, as a creator. Cause you're like, how does my, how could my little voice have a place in this? You know, yeah. when you see one of those big major, you know, party hold, uh, you know, platform holder uh, press events, you're like, I can, my, this is so, this show so loud. <laughs> the stage is so big. <laughs> the money is so big, you know, like how can my tiny creative voice fit into all this? Um, and, uh, and then, you know, you present things in a different way and you see, you feel a lot more at home. I think maybe in a show, some people might feel a lot more home in a show like day of the devs and, and see their, their game fitting in here better. But I think the point is that they're, like I said, I keep saying, there's no rule about it. And you have a unique, everyone has a unique perspective and unique voice and point of view. And I just want to encourage everyone to put their thing forward and be like, no, this is what games are. Yeah. About this great, this vision thing that I had that no one's thought of yet. And here it is. Um, so there you go. I, I I knew that I was, you know, getting a little bit older in the video game industry when I would go to some of those events and that would be the first thing I was thinking is like, God damn, this thing is too loud. <laughs> this place is too loud. Oh my god. I when I, I went to one of the first ones and it was the year that like Sega and Nintendo were trying to kill each other and just like with the, the they, and they were they didn't have I think decimal decibel rules. Now there's rules about how many yeah. decibels you can trade on the show floor, yeah. and they weren't any rules like that in the old days. And I remember sitting outside, like I went out like a fire escape, and I was just like, "What's what's oh, happening? It's so loud." <laughs> I think it's, the uh, I think the first I year I snuck into E3 because I wasn't in, I wasn't actually in the industry at that point. It was like 2000 and. Yeah. Ooh, five maybe a lot of stories like that that's how you do it that's how you get in there first like, kaja ink on a, on a vista print card <laughs> uh and i went in Good and job. got in and well the done. first and the, yeah and the first thing i got to was ea was debuting like fight night round three or something like that and the whole floor was one big speaker and i was like <laughs> what my heart 
I can't. My my heart hurts when I'm in this room. I need to leave this room. Yeah. Uh, my, it, it was wild. We were there the year that I think it was like Space Channel Five came oh, out on like yeah. Dream Dreamcast, and they had a wall of Go Go dancers. Yep. Like just this is like five by five rack, and there's like boom music, and next to it, we're trying to show like some adventure game or something. You're like, like this is this our game. Anyway, <laughs> it's all good. It's all fine. Yeah, I feel like I've been so ranting cool. now. No, 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 not even. Tell me if I push the rant button. uh, (laughs) It's too loud. No, I I, I rock with that. uh, Hearing hearing that you kind of love the fact that it's kind of small and intimate in this way, is that kind of the plan to kind of keep it that way so that you can give people enough space to kind of, you know, own own the space that their game kind of resides in and also, you know, give people the ability to kind of like actually talk to people when they're having the conversations around their games? Yeah, we want it to be intimate and personal and you try and keep it really simple. Like it's a one day show. There's no, you don't have to, you know, it's on multiple days. There's no booths, you know, yeah. there's no, when it's live, there's no, like, you don't have to set up some giant booth and, and deal with that. It's just like plug and play, come set up your, set up your game and you're right there talking to people. There's some like hours when the press can come in early and, and, and talk to people, do longer interviews and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, it's just like, uh, it's just a one-on-one with it. I mean, there, there's a lot of people there, so it, sometimes it can be hard to talk to a developer if you wait till the end of the day, for sure. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> devs yeah. get tired towards the end of the day. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. What's the lo- what's the longest kind of press thing that you've had to do so far? What's the longest you've had to like uh, stick around and do all the interviews? I will never, I will never forget like Gamescom for Brutal Legend was uh, like, you know, in EA, you know, PR people were great, um, and but they put you at, you know. It, at, at Gamescom, they put you in this windowless kind of veal slaughtering pen, and they just bring in to have your game on there, and here's your demo script, and you're like, here's the game, and they'll bring in like 15 European journalists, and you give the thing, and then you say thanks, and they ask questions, and they walk out the door, and they bring in the next from another door. There's like two doors, and they leave, and the next one comes in, and, and they do like five of those in a row. I was like, can I, can I get some coffee or something? And they look at you like, what are you, human? What is this? Just keep pitching. Was, oh, my God. I felt like I was going to die keep so going say still, the thing as much as we need you to say the thing please keep going keep going keep going uh, and it's still when people say gamescom to me i get this like oh, oh niagara falls <laughs> you're like ah, 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 uh, i don't want to do, do the game gamescom movie again but you're like it's my it's my game and every interview i do maybe sells five more copies <laughs> <laughs> kind of bridging off that because we almost got it's almost time to let you go um time has flown by geez um what's the you know you you and the team have been doing this work for a long time um again you have all these fantastic games that, that that people really dig into and love um if you could make a game that was in a different genre one that you kind of haven't touched before what game would you personally want to kind of make and what genre would it wind up being in? Oh man, that's hard. It's hard because I've always, I feel very lucky I've gotten to make most of the games I want, like yeah. that I envisioned, but there's some that are like, uh, there, there's so many great, um, games that I admire. Like I often said, if I could like men in black, the world and, and make them forget that media molecule made a uh, little big planet. I could, yeah. I would and tell them that I made it. That would be one of my goals. Like <laughs> make a game like that, where, you know, that's or dreams, you know, like it's about people's creativity. I, I love dreams. Inspiring. But I also love things about, I love anything that's about building a world. So I play a lot of like, um, 
you know, Animal Crossing. And it's like, it'd be fun to make a game about a living environment like that and yeah. just write all the little moments and come up with that or or any sort of, um, you know, I think it would take, it would be a long time before we'd be able to make anything big of like a big multiplayer thing, right? Yeah. But a world like that where you, because that's what you're always doing. Like the world of Brutal Legend is like, like this huge land that exists. But like you can get, it seems like you can just keep going and build bigger and bigger spaces and, and put more and more put some more lore in there <laughs> but uh, that kind of stuff is really um uh fun appealing to me but but mostly i would say that we've probably um been able to make most of the crazy ideas that i've had you know lucky that's in awesome. that way that's fantastic i mean i'd love to hear that i mean i i always wonder about that from a content creator perspective of like you know what's the thing that i would have loved to have been in on or you know what's the thing that i want to host or you know be a part of or any of that kind of stuff and I still have my little bucket list of things, and I'm just like, oh, if I mm. get to do that, I feel like I would have either mm. like I made it or I did the thing that I was hoping to do. But that's awesome to hear. Well, that I'll you tell you that a secret. I'll say this because it probably never happened, but like secret thing, like it'd be really fun to take a giant, someone else's giant IP, yeah, very serious, really expensive IP out there, and let me do a little Treehouse of Terror like <laughs> sub DLC for it, yeah, 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 <laughs> where yeah, just yeah. ridiculous stuff happens in that world. Yeah. That would be fun. Also, Ooh, I like that. I like that. Someone That's else has done all the expense, expensive stuff, and I just get to write the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Tim, thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate you spending the time. I am extremely excited about Psychonauts 2. Uh, again, because it's going to be the best birthday present I would have gotten this year. Um, anything else you want the folks at home to kind of to, to, to learn or, or know about? Uh, Psychonauts before we let you go? Uh, we uh, First of all, I realize it will be a birthday present for you because you need to probably start downloading it on yes, your birthday. That's true. Right? That's true. That's <laughs> true. Pre-downloads. Uh, pre-downloads, yeah. Uh, let's, let's see. It's in, you can pre-order it now and uh, wishlist it or pre-order it um, yeah. more, more, more accurately. Uh, so I guess I should probably tell people they should go uh, pre-order it and then look all puppy dog like and click please um but i just oh so, um if they've never played the first game it's on game pass yes along with a bunch of double fine stuff is all on game pass now um and you can if you got game pass it's just it's basically free to go play second out to one and so check that out there's time to finish that true and then play second out too yeah, true. yeah there's been a lot of folks in the chat tonight who have been giving stacking a whole bunch of love they were like, oh, great. They're like, oh, stacking. We love stacking. Uh, so they're so giving you a lot of love in the, in the chat on, on that end. That's awesome. Um, That's Tim. the uh, Lee Petty made that game. Uh, same person who made uh, Rad and Headlander. And he met, uh, there is oh, not God, many games where you so play. Uh, That's good to hear. Love that. Uh, yeah, that is a very special game. And like, uh, there's not a lot of games like stacking. I'll say that where you're a Russian nesting doll. Yeah. They, you know, we're still waiting for all the imitators, all the clones <laughs> to come out with their Russian nesting dolls. But so far, we stand alone. <laughs> you have taken that crown. And then if there was a, a stacking battle yeah. royale, you would have won it because you would have been the, the first and the last <laughs> one. <in it. laughs> yeah. Everyone um, else saw that and they're like, we got to copy him. But they're like, no, they stand alone. That <laughs> we will seed this to you in, in the easiest way possible. Someone said stack royale. You TM that, Tim. You got to TM it. Yeah, um, gotta go buy the domain name around. Go get it now. Uh, nobody buy that from GoDaddy. Leave it alone. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for for coming through and for spending time. Uh, again, I love I love you and the team. 
I'm really excited for everything you're about to put out in the world. I think everyone in chat and everybody in our audience is really excited for it too. Um, and of course we want to have you back on the show in the future and have you come rock and hang out. Um, we're doing this other thing where we do, um, uh, kind of ride alongs with, with, with folks, uh, where we kind of have the devs come on and then play the game with them and, and check out stuff like that. So maybe mm-hmm. we'll have you come back mm-hmm. and do some, some cool stuff when, when Psychonauts drops. That sounds so. great. Uh, anytime. I love your show. I like, uh, hanging out with you. It's fun. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, buddy. Excited to have you here. Everybody give Tim some love. We got to give Tim the mostest love. He's going to dip out and we're going to finish off the rest of the show. Uh, but word Tim is brilliant as always super amazing and fun. Uh, thank you to Tim for, for coming through and hanging out. We're going to take a little break. Tim is going to, is going to leave for now. And we're going to come back and talk a little bit about E3 summer games fest and all the stuff that's been happening in the space, uh, over the past week. Cause we haven't had a chance to talk about it cause it's just been too goddamn busy. So we're going to do that in a second. We'll be right back after this. Hi, Merrick Kay here for the Fanbyte Podcast Network. I'd like to tell you about Channel F, a show where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something. (laughs) That would be like very good. Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the listing says Bung Doctor V64. And take your questions about the best jokers. Flabars Martin asks, what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech? Gundam Fusion Rebake has a really good... Oh, wait, give, me, sorry. give me that one more time. Gundam Fusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. <laughs> Gundam Fusion. <laughs> I personally guarantee as the president of podcasts at Fanbyte that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cause purification. Welcome to the Spawn of Me podcast. Again, I'm your host, Kali Adams. Thank you, everyone, for coming through. If you missed the first half of our show, you missed a banger with the man, the myth, the legend, Tim Schaefer of Double Fine, who came through and hung out tonight and chilled and brought the goods up in this piece. It, it was really good a chance, really good to be able to hang out with him again. Um, really enjoy everything that he brings into the world. He's always fantastic and super nice uh, to be able to come through and hang out and talk about a lot of the stuff that we really are digging in and having fun tonight. Uh, you know, for everybody here on Twitch, we're going to go probably until about 8 p.m. tonight. Uh, everybody else, uh, you know, who's listening in all the other forms, of course, you're going to get the truncated version of the show because it's only going to be in audio form. Uh, lots of stuff have been happening this week. It has been a wild, long week for a lot of different folks. Been very, very busy. Uh, I was doing a lot of E3 coverage, Summer Games Fest coverage with our friends over at Fanbyte. The Fanbyte team are brilliant. They have so much content on the feeds over on the channel f i think playlist uh for their shows over there they have been fantastic and amazing again like i love that team i love working with them they make me feel like family every time we get a chance to go do stuff and it's brilliant that i get a chance to rock with them and do all the cool stuff uh that we got a chance to do um you know 
I, I'm thinking back on the week, thinking back on all the stuff that happened. Uh, it was a lot of stuff. Um, I think, you know, thinking about all the games that happened in Summer Games Fest, thinking about some of the things that got announced, you know, seeing the conversation and seeing so many folks be in the space and kind of talking about games. And it was so much good energy this week. And it was nice to not have, you know, social media freaking out about everything. I mean, some people did some weird, weird stuff, but for the most part, it was super, super chill. Um, and, and just really everyone just rocking and hanging out and doing cool stuff. There were a couple of things that I think, you know, if you think about E3 as a whole, you know, everyone kind of has their scorecard of like, who do you think won and who do you think did the most and who do you think like they kind of nailed it and, and did what they had to do. I think if you're really being honest and thinking about the entire schedule of stuff, there were some fantastic games in a lot of different places. The thing that stuck out for me were two games that I'm very, very excited for. One is Battlefield 2042, which I am amazingly excited for. Um, I got a chance to see some of the preview stuff that all of you wound up seeing in the Xbox conference later on a couple weeks uh, prior to uh, the conference and was really excited to see all of that be in the space and happen. And then getting a chance to see you know, the reaction to all of that in the internet was even cooler uh, because so many folks were really, really hyped about the, 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 you know, the spectacle within that game and, and everybody that was kind of showing off and, and all the things that they were showing and things were blowing up and everything was wild and everything was just all over the place. That part was just nuts. It was cool to see people just while out and be really happy about it. Uh, and, and get a chance to kind of like geek out about Battlefield 2042 coming back and bringing those good Battlefield vibes. I am so happy that that game is going to be good. I am so excited at that game being fun. I am so hyped at the fact that that thing is going to be out in the world in a real way um, that is going to, you know, be, you know, bigger and bolder and gonna have so many cool things you're gonna be able to do uh you know being able to not have to worry about your weapons being tied to an operator uh or to a class you know being able to change your weapons on the fly whenever you want that stuff is going to be cool you know changing the uh, attachments and on, on your weapons and everything is going to be super cool to be able to see that happen you know being able to pull in and call in vehicles whenever you want ground vehicles like I, ea I know we are talking about cool things. I don't care. I need to be a part of that coverage. I don't care what happens. I don't care. I got to be down on the back because hell, the name of this show comes from Battlefield. I'm saying I am very hyped about everything that Battlefield is going to do in the space. And I'm really hyped at the fact that it feels like Battlefield 4 is coming back. And that to me is so important. That is my favorite game. My favorite uh battlefield title uh and now that we're gonna get a chance to get back and play that i am extremely excited for that in a in a big way the other thing that i am very excited about in terms of returns to form has gotta be has gotta be halo halo looks wild halo looks amazingly dope i am so excited for what Halo was going to bring into the space this year. I am so hyped 
about this damn game because of all the cool stuff that they talked about. They had this really fantastic uh, multiplayer trailer uh, that they talked about. They talked about it in the showcase. Then they talked about it the next day about all the cool stuff you're going to be able to see in terms of videos and in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of uh, armor and, and all that kind of stuff. I am so hyped about what Halo multiplayer is going to be going forward. I was in my house screaming like a little kid because I was like, I can't believe Halo's coming back and it's going to look this good and it's going to really play well. And the cool things you're going to do with the armor customization and you have a grappling hook, you can grab weapons out the sky and, and pull people and shoot them in the face and then hit them with a plasma sword while you're running around all around the map. You get a new vehicle. You can put stuff in the back of it, like a body or, or a flag or a power up. You can do all that kind of stuff like you in the mafia. It's amazing. I'm so excited by all that stuff. I am very, very excited by Halo. I am very excited at the fact that we're going to get a chance to play this fairly soon. I am really excited at the fact that we're going to get a chance to play a game that is going to just like eat up so much of my time it is going to just literally you know uh, you know i know a lot of people are still in the, in the space where they're like yeah you know i really care about you know playing uh battle royale games and doing all that kind of stuff like yeah i don't you know the conversation has been like does halo need a battle royale to be relevant or does battlefield need a, a, a battle royale to be relevant I don't think they do like I don't I just don't think that they need that part of it to be, you know, the the the, the linchpin for what that game is supposed to be able to do. Like, I think it's going to be interesting if they dip their toes into it. But if they don't do it and say, this is not what we want to do as a company, I'm totally fine with that. Like, I think they don't necessarily need it to be the, the, the game that's going to be in that space to do that work so that they could feel like they're going to kind of have this thing that everybody else has that, that, that they feel like they just don't, um, you know, I, I, I do remember that battle that, that battlefield tried to do a BR and it didn't really work again. I don't think they need it. I think the, the base of what that game is, is going to be solid enough that they don't really need to be able to pull in extra stuff in that way into that game, because just be honest, if they nail the core gameplay and they nail all the other stuff that goes along it with that game, like there's really no reason for them to have to build that into what that game is going to wind up being. It'll be cool to see what their other take is going to be, but for the most part, Everything that I saw within the last couple of videos about that game lets me know that I am absolutely fine with them not doing it. Like, I, I think that that's not a thing that super, super matters in that way. Like, I just don't think it, it, it I just don't think I care enough about battle royales for that to be the thing that's going to be like, oh, are they, you know, are they falling off? Are they, are they like doing everything they need to do? Like, to be fair, I really don't think that that's the thing that I care about anymore. I love battle royales. If you find a bunch of people who can play and you find a bunch of people who are like really excited about the prospect of playing it. But for the most part, um, 
you know, it's not the thing that I came to Battlefield or Halo for in that way. I am excited to see what they are going to do from an esports perspective. I think that is actually going to be really important. I'm not talking about Battlefield. I'm talking about Halo at this point. I think Halo has the potential to be a monster in the esports space. I think that they have a, a really interesting place to be able to dig into that. It also made me just really think of Ninja uh, really quickly because when the play for him to join Mixer was in there, one of the major parts of that, I believe, was the fact that he was going to try to help go back to some of his esports roots in the Halo scene. Um, I wonder how that looks now with him not being, with Mixer no longer being a thing and him not being tied to Microsoft in that way. I do wonder if that's going to change and how that's going to look. Um, that was the thing that just ran through my head as, as, a, as a conversation piece of like, what does that mean? Um, but it is pretty cool to see that that's going to be, you know, a thing that they're going to focus on. Um, the fact that there's no battle, pa- that they have battle passes, but you can basically, um, they don't expire. The free to play part of that is brilliant. I think it opens them up. Yep. Like uh, a goon in the chat says, uh, making it free to play really opens up a lot of opportunities. They're really going hard. Um, they're really going to go hard around this time. I agree. Like the fact that you can not have a battle pass expire, keep that battle pass there. And then basically work towards um, things that are in the previous battle passes while also purchasing new ones. That's a huge deal. I don't think a lot of people are really going to understand how important that is to this game kind of being successful until they go back to play other games where they have to spend, you know, 30 bucks every, every couple of months to kind of keep up with the cosmetic game that they have in those games with halo being so, you know, invested in making sure that you have really cool armor. They have a lot of stuff to play with. I'm really hyped at the fact that they're going to be able to do that in that way and then make what they want in a, in a bigger kind of more expansive world. Um, Shout out to good Dave hunting in the chat who says that feeling of its, of its own take a week or two to send off your cosmetics is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can take a couple weeks off and then still build towards, you know, those cosmetics and, and, and get them like that. That's going to be brilliant to see what that means, because that's one of the things that is the hardest thing to do. I, as a person who can't grind out battle passes like everybody else can, because one, I got stuff to do. And two, I'm not pl- I'm playing multiple things all the time. Your that layer of FOMO is just there all the time. And there's not a lot of stuff that you can do about it because you just don't have the actual like physical time to go jump in and do that work in that way. Um, it play games in that way. It just isn't a thing that you can do um, in, in the same, in the same ways that you kind of always had. Um, I appreciate it. I think it's really cool that it's a thing, um, but it's not, but it's not the same idea of needing to go do that work all the time. I'm happy that it's not what, it needs to be to be successful in that way. Like I'm actually excited at the fact that it's not having to do that um, in that way. Like I'm, I'm hyped that that's a thing. Um, so that's exciting and, and really happy that, that that's where that winds up leaning into. 
Um, I want to go through a couple of things that I saw during E3 and, and uh, the rest of the week that I think are interesting. I'm going to have to dig through a bunch of stories to kind of get there. So be patient with me. Um, you know, Resident Evil is getting an expansion. I'm really excited about that because I'm re I really love uh, the Resident Evil series. Extremely excited about that. So so very very excited about that being a thing. Um, you know, the Xbox Mini fridge isn't an actual thing. Uh, really excited about that. I'm hoping that the hey Xbox team, um, it would be really cool if y'all send me a mini fridge, another mini fridge. That would be super cool. Uh, the fridge looks super dope. Redfall looked amazing. Redfall looked fantastic. Black woman kind of taking the front stage as a, as a, as a protagonist, not really protagonist as a team of four, but getting the kind of opening shot, uh, of that game, which is kind of vampire meets left for dead kind of vibe. That thing looks good and super cool. Uh, I was really hyped about that. Um, Forza Horizon 5 looks fantastic and gorgeous. That game looks nuts. Uh, was super excited about that thing. Um, Arctic's like, another mini, the one by itself is feeling lonely. Yeah, you can't have just one mini fridge in, in the studio. You got to have two mini fridges, two Xbox mini fridges to make it happen. Um, best trailer of E3 uh, was the Outer Worlds 2 trailer. I I swear uh it is it was one of the funniest smartest trailers i've seen in a long time where people were like what is happening here like i don't know what's actually going on what does this mean what are they what are they talking about and then you see it's the outer world too and you're just like oh y'all are really smart that was really good that was really fun and it makes me excited to go back in and finish up the outer worlds i didn't finish that game um spent a lot of time in it but just didn't finish it. Um, so I need to go back in and go play it um, to see if I can you know, wrap up that game. Um, so I'm hyped about that. Um, finally got a chance to see more Atomic Heart, which I have been so, that's my, you know, the game that's on the horizon that I'm the most excited about, gotta be Atomic Heart. I am so wondering about what the hell that game is going to wind up being. I am so excited about atomic heart. I want them to tell me all the things about atomic heart because it is just going to be, I don't know. I want it to be great. Like I want to feel like I want to feel the feelings that I had when Bioshock was a thing. I, I need to feel that kind of like spooky. I don't know what's happening vibe. The world is trying to kill me, but it's gorgeous and 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 pewdie and pewdie. That's not a word, and and pretty at the same time, like that kind of stuff. I'm always hyped about. Uh, you know, thank you, thank you, Cassandra. Um, Hades coming to Xbox and PlayStation on console. God, I've been waiting for that. That's the thing I've been holding off for for a long time. I'm just like, oh, please come to console. Uh, I know everybody, when I say that, they're like, it was on Switch, Khalif. Why you keep talking about Switch like that? I don't play my Switch. I finally charged my Switch to yesterday for the first time in a year and a half uh, to go back to Breath of the Wild to go play that thing. Uh, but Hades is is one of my games of the year. We gave, you know, at the Dice Awards, we gave them some love. 
and gave them game of the year. Uh, I got a chance to give them that award, which was super cool. Uh, so that was super cool. Uh, you know, games that we don't know a lot about, like like Contraband, that game looks uh, super, super cool, and I'm excited about that. Annapurna. Annapurna, who comes through and makes bangers all the time. I... If there are people who I want to get on the show, I want to get some of the stars from 12, 12 minutes on the show. I know it's hard to get people because they're traveling and doing movies and all this kind of stuff. But if I can get McElroy on the show, not McElroy. No, it's not McElroy. Is it McElroy? I think it might be McElroy. Or Willem Dafoe on the show. That'd be big. That'd be a big deal. It would be super cool to be able to get them on the show. And talk about that game because that game is fire. I am, ex- uh, yeah, James McAvoy. I knew I was right. And Daisy Ridley, yeah, I want to get them on the show real bad to talk about that game. They're going hard in the paint for that game. That game looks brilliant and super cool. I feel like that's going to be one of those games that people talk about a lot. Um, and it kind of has this interesting zeitgeist throughout the rest of the industry where it's going to be like the kind of RD fan favorite for, for 2021 when it drops. I think that's going to be super cool. Again, Back for Blood was really hype when I got a chance to play the beta. Uh, getting a chance to dimp, jump into that a little bit more is going to be super fun and cool. Uh, so very excited about that. Uh, what else dropped out? Of course, Starfield opening up the, the Xbox show uh, yesterday. Uh, not yesterday, during E3, uh, during the Xbox showcase last weekend. Um, that was cool. I, I, I am, I need to see what the like minute to minute gameplay looks like on that game. It doesn't matter. I'm copping that joint. It's going to be again, game pass Xbox and game pass have again, just stamped this seal of approval for anything that winds up coming out now where, because I'm a game pass subscriber, I never, I never think about it anymore in terms of like, uh, do I want to try that game? It's less now about me trying the game and more about, do I have enough hard drive space to, to, to download this thing? That's the only thing that matters at this point now. And the fact that they're doubling down on stuff on PC, I don't even have to think about that stuff. Like I literally don't even think about it. There's so many things to play. So many things that are going to be dropping. So many cool things that are going to be going day and date. I don't even think about it. I'm just like, oh, okay. I have hard drive space. You'll be playing that joint. It's so good. I don't understand why people are still fronting on Game Pass so hard. I don't get that. It makes no sense to me that that's the thing that people are freaking out and not doing at this point. I understand if you can't afford it. But I get it. I understand. That's reasonable. But like people who can afford it and are not paying it for some weird reason of like not wanting to get on the, on the bandwagon, like good on the bandwagon. Stop fronting. There's no reason to front. Um, Far Cry 6, I'm excited about, but it had really weird, not great Spanish in it. Um, I was listening to it and I was like, the Spanish speaking in this game is not great. It is not that awesome. I don't know what to do with that. Um, I want John Carlo Esposito's character to, to sound better as that dictator in that game. I am very excited for it. I really want it. I'm like hyped as hell for it, but it just doesn't have that. This doesn't have that vibe because it feels like that stuff is off. 
Um, it feels like that that layer of it that should be really nailed down isn't really hitting the way that it should, which is which is a little bit sad. I'm I'm a little bit disappointed in that because uh, I was really hoping that he would kill it. Um, and there may be moments in that game where it happens, but it, for right now, it just doesn't feel like that. Um, game that surprised me a bunch that I didn't think that I was going to care about, but now I, I absolutely want is Riders Republic. Riders Republic is a game that I want. I want that day and date. I want that day one. That's a day one cop for me. Uh, being able to have this like multi-sports title where you're you're doing the kind of uh, X Games version of stuff, riding around on all these mountains and all these, you know, all these disciplines of riding on a bike and in a wingsuit and skiing and and all this stuff. Like, I love games like that. Games like that are just brilliant. Um, cool stuff like that. Ali Ali World and rocking the shirt. Uh, got a chance to play some of it already. Um, I think it is an embargo that goes up tomorrow of Thursday. Uh, so I may be putting up some stuff there. We had a great interview with the devs on that side. So I'm going to try to see if I can get that out tomorrow uh, or at least for Friday uh, when this show goes up. Uh, that game looks brilliant and super cool. Uh, what else was up there that really, really got me excited? Um, let's see. There was some other stuff in there. <laughs> oh, Devolver's <laughs> Devolver's uh showcase was was really good. I I just I like if there was a company that I could go work for and like work on some of their just wild shit that they do, like I would I would love to work for Devolver. Devolver is like real cool uh in the way that they work with stuff. That that showcase was just so much fun. Like they just didn't care about, you know, going with the, with the, with the crew. Uh, they just rocked it and kept going and it was, it was super fun. It was, it was really brilliant. Um, what else is there? I think, I think, I mean, there was a bunch of indie games that were great. You know, you saw a couple of them, Phantom Abyss. Uh, I'm dying to play that tome. I'm dying to play, uh, <laughs> the, the NFT tape that they had in the, the Devolver thing was, was super funny. Um, death uh what is it called death hmm with the with the little bird uh let me see if i can find it because I, I i know the name of it I'm, I'm i'm actually playing it right now uh death what are you what is your name death's door that game that game that feels like uh, a little bit of Bastion, but with a super dope little bird. That game looks cool. I still haven't played Tunic. I played Tunic some years ago, uh, and I need to go back and play that. Uh, so Tuesday, in a couple of weeks, I'll be able to tell you actual thoughts about Death's Door because the 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 uh, the embargo doesn't go up until. Until a couple of weeks from now, so I'll I'll jump back in there. Death Door is super fun and, and cool. So there, like this E3 for a show that was dead. E3 itself was bad. <laughs> E3 itself was terrible. Uh, in terms of like, except for, except for the hosting stuff, like Greg Miller, Golden Boy, Jackie, uh, Michael Figam, uh, all you know, Avili May, like everybody who did the actual hosting of E3, top notch, fantastic job. They all killed it. 
like the experience of going to E3 was bad. Like there was no reason to sign up for the website that they made us sign up for, for, for media passes, like all the stuff that they wind up putting us through. Cause again, we didn't do anything was not worth it. It makes me definitely understand that it was just like, there was nothing to do. Like you went to the website and there was nothing to do. You didn't go get anything. There was no new news that came to you. Like none of that stuff seemed to have worked well in a real way. And it was really disappointing to see how badly that stuff kind of, kind of maneuvered like in a way that was like really weird. Um, and in a way that just didn't make a lot of sense. Um, but Jeff Keeley killed it. Jeff Keeley rocked it as usual. Uh, you know, Summer Games Fest was, was was huge for him. Massive numbers as usual. He had a chance to get the Elden Ring albatross off his neck. Uh, and he was super excited. And we, we talked about all that stuff. We were, it was a Tuesday clubhouse room that is like me, Paris, uh, Aaron Greenberg, Jeff Keeley, Steve Saylor, a bunch of folks, Mav, the Mav, uh, you know, and, and it's, and it's dope because you get a chance to hear people talk about the experiences of putting on the E3 show and also the other kind of cool stuff that people talk about the Mav show. Um, and it's so cool to hear people who are doing such big things be so excited by the fact that they get a chance to do this thing in this big way for everybody at home, like for you to have this ability to kind of experience this thing in this cool way. I love the fact that people get a chance to do that. And I think that that is brilliant and also super just fun to see people do that. Um, so I love that for sure. Um, it is super cool to see that that's a thing that they do. Um, and it makes me happy that that's a part of a, you know, the E3 experience, summer games, this experience of the, experience of the gaming industry kind of pushing forward in this way uh that that makes me just really really happy and 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 i love i love the industry and the people in it because they have such good energy towards it um i think that is it for the show episode uh we're gonna hang out for another 30 minutes or so go move over to just chatting and hang out and just chop it up with everybody in in the stream um and chill uh, but for everybody who's listening in the audio podcast, please make sure you're checking out the show. Uh, make sure you're giving us some love. Go follow the show. Everyone here on Twitch, massive love to you all from here. Uh, yeah. Oh, mayor, uh, mayor man in the chat. Uh, we have some cool stuff coming for all of you in Bricago. Uh, we have a really cool contest that's going to be coming up very, very soon. Uh, you will be able to win some fantastic prizes. So make sure you're hanging out and listening to the show. Make sure you're following the streams. Uh, make sure you're following on uh, twitch.tv slash spawn on me. Make sure you go in to check out the stuff on YouTube. We've been doing a new series where we play with devs uh, and, and interview them while we play games with them. We just did one about League of Legends Wild Rift, which was super cool. I'm learning how to play League. Uh, so that is brilliant and super fun. Uh, Metroid Dread Love. Yes, Metroid Dread looked super cool. Uh, I'm excited for that game as well. Uh, but I don't really support Nintendo in that way because um, I don't buy a lot of stuff. I may buy that game though. I'm thinking about it. I, I may buy it. Good call, good call, good Dave Hunting in the chat. I may cop that uh, and see what it is because I think it's going to be cool. 
Uh, so we'll see what that is. Um, but for everybody else in podcast land, much love to you all. We're going to be back next week. Uh, we're going to probably have a little mini show that talks about some of the stuff that Paris is hosting uh, on Thursday. Uh, yesterday for you, if you're listening in podcast land. Um, he's doing a fantastic extended uh, Xbox showcase. He got tapped to host that thing. It is a monumental day for him. I am extremely happy for him. It is a big, huge deal to see somebody like that from the community hosting a major Xbox conference or a major showcase. Um, I love that man. I'm excited for him. I'm, I'm proud of him. Uh, and I'm excited to see how he did uh, because getting a chance to know that that's something that he had a chance to work with is brilliant and cool. So everybody tune in for that. If you're listening on Twitch, make sure you're doing that 10 a.m. tomorrow uh, on Thursday of this week on the 17th. Uh, make sure you're going to check that out. Everybody in podcast land, we're going to get up out of here. If you're in the Twitch chat, hang out for a couple of weeks. We're going to give some love to everybody who followed and subbed. Uh, and then we're going to get up out of here around 8 p.m. tonight. So everybody in podcast land, much love to you. We'll see you all very soon. We'll see you next week. Much love and peace.